0: Hello, my name is Justin Jeter. And I'm John Wilson. And this is not just another Children's Ministry podcast.
1: We strive to engage children ministry workers by equipping them through relevant content that helps grow their skills, confidence, and passion for apostolic children's ministry. In this episode, we'll be talking about leading volunteers. And John, we both know that volunteers are the backbone of any children's ministry
0: can't do it by yourself
1: right exactly so we want to start by acknowledging that the struggle is real for having enough volunteers to have those gaps in your ministry filled at all times so we want to put it out there for you too the value of children's ministry is very high for us we believe that children's ministry is so valuable that we don't want just a Joe Schmo in our classroom teaching our kids. We think that there should be a process. We think that they need to be vetted by you, by your pastor. These people need to be high-quality and high-capacity individuals. And so along with leading volunteers, we're also going to be talking about the process of finding your volunteers. So recruiting, onboarding, and then a shadowing process for your volunteers.
0: Justin, that sounds really, really easy when you say things like, just find some high-quality, high-capacity people to work in the children's ministry. That sounds really nice, but I feel like maybe somebody is listening, maybe at least one person is listening, that goes, I just wanna find somebody. <laughs> I just wanna find somebody and we're going to try to talk through that just a little bit today.
1: Oh, I agree, John. It was very easy for me to say, we need to have high capacity, high quality people in our classrooms. It was very easy for me. Um, but the actually doing that part, finding those people is very challenging at times. It's Absolutely. very challenging at times. So. We're going to toss around some ideas and things that we've done in the past and things that we've heard as well to be able to find those prospects. Those prospects of volunteers and then the process of recruiting them.
0: So I was just wondering, though, uh, what is your recruiting process? Because in order to get those people, you've got to go recruiting. And I know I've often said of myself and heard it said about me, I'm a professional recruiter. That, that's just what I do. I have my recruiting hat on. The first time I meet a new family in the church, I'm thinking, "Hmm, I wonder. A couple years from now, could they be working in the children's ministry?" But I want to hear, "How do you recruit?"
1: So it's changed throughout time, and I think it just depends to on, uh, like you said, it's always uh, it's important to always be in a recruit in a recruiting mode. Um, We a lot of times only start recruiting and thinking about potential volunteers in our kids ministry when we're desperate or when you've had three or four people step out of your kids ministry and now you're now you're stuck. You're trying to fill all the positions or you yourself are having to work every single service doing multiple things and then you become desperate. You get into that cycle of always just trying to fill it with a warm body And I'm guilty of that. I am guilty of that, Um, and I want to do things differently.
0: And so we've been there. We've all been there. Absolutely. That's that's not a great place to be.
1: (laughs) Here's one of the most. uh, Here's one of the most productive ways that I found to do it um, is setting up a setting up a prospect meeting. This is where it comes back on episode one. We talked about vision and mission. You need to have a vision and mission for your kids' ministry because it plays a big part into this meeting. Go and personally invite people to come and hear the vision of your children's ministry. You're probably going to throw a lot of them off guard. You're going to be like, what are you talking about? A, child, a, a vision, casting vision for your children's ministry. But personal invitation always works best. I have found that is the number one recruiting tool is a personal invitation
0: Justin. Man, if i i've got in front of the church before and said hey i need 50 people and i got like four people come to me and saying, sure i'll do it but if i go to 50 people i have 40 volunteers it's, it's just the reality it's people want to know that they're needed yeah they want to know what they're, need. they're they're needed themselves
1: yeah and with the value that we set on children's ministry we just can't put anybody in a classroom We want to make sure that they are one reflecting apostolic ministry. They're reflecting their, their walk with God. These are the examples that we're setting in front of our children, whether that's in a large group on they're on a stage, giving a Bible lesson, or they're in a classroom teaching a Sunday school lesson. We want to make sure that they are uh, people that we can trust people of high integrity, people that are going to be good examples to our children. And so that's why personal invitation works best because you're coming to that person that you think fits the bill and meets those parameters for you and your church and your pastor, and you're inviting them to hear the vision and mission for your children's ministry.
0: I'm reminded of a story where um, I, I approached somebody uh, in the church and they have been going to our church pretty much my whole entire lifetime. And I, I said, hey, would you be interested in helping in the preschool class? And she looked at me, she says, am am I qualified to do that? You, you, you would trust me. You would want me to do that. I'm just talking about that personal. That's a, a, it's so powerful when you can, when you can find somebody that, you know, those things you just touched on, do they have a relationship with God? Are they high quality people? You mentioned Joe Schmoe. I've never met him before, but I certainly don't want to have him in my classes.
1: Oh, for sure. So getting back to this recruiting process, because now it's like we're stretching this out and I don't want people to think that it's a really like, it's a big deal, but it can be pretty easy process to go through. You get some prospects, get some people on a page, uh, make a list, five, six, 10 people go to your pastor, say, Hey, pastor, I'd like to talk to these people about joining our children's ministry, get his approval on those people. Invite them to a small meeting after one of your services, or maybe it's an off night if that works best for you. Have some refreshments if you'd like. Uh, 20 or 30 minutes is what you're asking. 20 minutes you're asking for their time to come and hear the vision of your children's ministry. During that meeting, you're talking to them about, uh, about the positions and the roles that you have in children's ministry these are the things that you can do a lot of people just think that when they come into into children's ministry they're just going to be a teacher they have to sit there with their with their book and they have to recite the lines they have to tell the bible story and for a lot of people that causes them to uh, have anxiety they feel like again they're not qualified to do it or they're just simply not Capable of doing that and we want people to know that there's other things to do in children's ministry just besides just teaching a lesson in a classroom so uh, Let them know what roles you have um, In your children's ministry and where they can fit in there Um, And then from that process then you then you invite them and give that invitation to them say is there anything of interest to you? Um, Anything new that you've learned about our children's ministry Um, and two things come of this one you have the opportunity that they actually want to go further. They want to hear more about it. They want to they want to start going through the onboarding process to join your children's ministry. Or two, they decline and they say, I don't think it's for me or at least not at this time. But what you've done is you have extended now the vision of your children's ministry further than just in the back of the classrooms or your kid's wing of your church. But now more people are hearing about the vision of your children's ministry. And they might not be willing to support you by being a teacher or filling a volunteer role, but maybe on your next kids' event, they're willing to then invest uh, with some time. Maybe that's a VBS right. or Kids Weekend or something like that. Now they're like, hey, you know what? I'll do that weekend for you. Um, or maybe there's a need in the kids' ministry, and they'll really, they're willing to support you financially. You'll get a nice little offering once in a while from them because now they've caught the vision and they're just supporting you in a different way. So it's a win-win, even if they don't sign up to volunteer. So I think um, that's something that we've done in the past and is productive. And you end up walking away with a few new recruits from that.
0: I'm kind of blown away, Justin. Honestly, I, and until you've explained this, I, I never had even considered doing it that way. And, and I love that. And that's one of the magical, awesome parts of children's ministry is that there's so many ways to do this. And we find ourselves all kind of doing things in, in different ways because the strategies that I use are similar, but definitely mm-hmm. different. And, and you know, one of the things that, that we've done uh, and that I've done in, in our children's ministry here in Heath, Ohio, is um, we, we don't do necessarily you know groups of people group recruiting I, I do kind of focus on the individuals um and and we could talk about uh ministry fairs I, i'll just go on record as saying ministry fairs and children's ministry are not really compatible um and and we can maybe dive into that at a future time when we have more more time i just i don't think that uh, yeah. a, children's ministry is a, is a more select elite type of ministry that you don't want anybody just doing it but but um, we do have, as you mentioned, community events and things like that. So we'll have our Vacation Bible School. We'll have our extravaganza, which is our Easter event. We have a Trunk or Treat event. Um, we, have, uh, we do a children's rally once a month called Generation J Day. And um, we make opportunities for those people that are on the outside looking in. They're not really sure if they really want to do this or not. But yeah, I could come to that. I could, I could stand there and hand out some candy, or I could, I could watch the inflatable and make sure you know such and such doesn't get in it and explode it or whatever. Um, and and I have found so much value in in allowing those opportunities. And a lot of the recruits that I ultimately turned into some of my best teachers started that way. So that's that's wonderful. I love that. Um, I. Wanted to mention just really quickly with regards to recruiting, uh, something I've found to be really helpful, too, is I like to call them hybrids. Now, you go, what's a hybrid volunteer? Well, pretty much all of us, if we're being honest. Uh, You know, I I saw a video of you playing the drums uh, not very long ago. So you're a part of the music team. I sing it. I sing at my church. You know, we, oh, yes. we're all we're all doing multiple we all things. Do a little bit of everything. We're, we're, yes, we're all doing multiple things. We're all kind of a hybrid, but there are certain people in the church that kind of do one thing. They pick one thing, and that's that's their thing. Um, I've made a lot of connections uh, through being involved with other ministries. For instance, the the youth ministry um, has been, uh, in the, the connection ministry we have at our church, which is like our ushers and greeters and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find people, you certainly don't want to overwhelm people, you don't want to make every single Wednesday or, or Sunday or wh- whatever that midweek and service schedule looks like, you don't want them to have something to do every single service, but if you find, hey, I only see this person serving once a month, uh, you use that opportunity to get involved with other ministries as a recruiting tool as well.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, being connected to other ministries is important, um, building those relationships so that you can always just be in that mindset of recruiting and getting to know people. So once you've recruited those people, uh, there is there is definitely an onboarding process that happens that I think should be implemented. One, and we can't stress this enough, every person that wa- that works with kids ministry or student ministry, if they're in the kids area at any time, they need a background check. That's just the place in the world that we live in today. You need a background check on every person that comes into your kids' ministry, even works in the kids' wing, check-in station, um, they run media, whatever it may be, they need a background check. Um, I think a really important part of the recruiting process, and once they get a yes, and they're like, hey, I'm interested in working in kids ministry, I want to know more. That is when you do a one-on-one meeting with either yourself as the children's ministry director or children's pastor, um, or you do that with your your pastor as well, whatever your setup or your process is. You do a one-on-one meeting, and there you're talking about the expectations of the role, the expectations of your kids' ministry. You're talking about, you know, if you guys have a huddle at the beginning or there's a volunteer huddle or all-hands huddle at the beginning of each service, letting them know what time that is and that you expect them to be there. Maybe there's a uniform. Maybe that's everybody wears their kids' ministry T-shirt or staff T-shirt when right. they're teaching, and so set that expectation, what time you're supposed to be there, what we expect you to do or to bring. You just don't want there to be any missed expectations because you did not take the time to communicate those. And so that can that can cause some friction or conflict between you and a new volunteer can also make them feel like they're not, um, that they're not satisfactory or they're not doing their job right. Um, always being corrected. Well, it's just simply because you never talked about the expectations from the beginning and set those parameters for them. Yeah, It's it, important that you also absolutely. talk about commitment level. Um, how frequent they're willing um, to, to volunteer and participate. Maybe you have a every other month rotation or a once a month rotation. Maybe for your setup, it's every Sunday they're volunteering. And so putting those expectations at the beginning for a commitment level is important because then that's going to be meeting the needs of different volunteers as well. Maybe volunteers in other, other ministries. So once a month works best for them and you kind of get them on a, on a rotation and schedule and things like that. So um, that's where that's that onboarding process before they ever step foot into a classroom. They're going through that process with you, your pastor, or however that process is set up for you.
0: I couldn't um, help, but comment on the commitment level. It's such a huge part of, of that, you know, this communication together. Um, it, I personally, Make sure that I'm setting a, a lower commitment at the beginning. I don't want to overwhelm somebody. And, and generally speaking, I'll have somebody help with something that is easier and not very often. See how they do with that. And then increase that commitment as we build relationship and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. But I know that's not always possible. Sometimes you got to go to somebody and say, hey, can you help me every week? And, and you yeah. know, that's, that's not ideal but we've all been there before but you're right it's got to be crystal clear there's nothing worse than my wednesday night helper showing up for the eight and nine year old class and having never been told they were supposed to be the one bringing the snack they feel bad the kids are sad fortunately i have a huge supply of candy and popcorn so no one's ever gone hungry but yeah, that is a terrible feeling <laughs> that's a terrible feeling
1: Yes, if the apocalypse ever happened, we know where to go, the children's ministry building or the children's ministry wing, because there we have all the sustenance that we need to survive for at least <laughs> three <crackers>. months. Animal crackers.
0: Yes. <laughs> goldfish. Yes. yes. We
1: could live off a of goldfish. Now, here's one more thing I want to say about this um, in that onboarding process is— I've had this experience so many times where you have eager people wanting to get involved in kids ministry. And so they'll come up to you or you come up to them. You give them that invitation. You talk to them. They're like, yes, I want to be a part of this ministry. Whatever you need me to do, I'm willing to do it. And that's awesome when you have that type of person. It's amazing. Here's the thing, though. I, I typically stop them there and say, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're willing to do Anything that's asked of you in kids' ministry. But where do you really want to be in kids' ministry? Mm, What's the age that you want to be with? I like that. Do you like to teach or do you want to assist? Do you want to run media? Do you want to be on the stage in front of 40 or 50 kids? Or do you want to be a small group with 10? Really get to know them and what they are best at. Because if you put them in the wrong spot... They're not going to be working within their strengths and they're going to get burned out. They're not going to feel like they're truly making an impact on the lives of kids. They're not going to feel like they're doing enough simply just because they're not in the right spot. Yeah. And that can be test and trial. You can let them know, well, you know what, let's put you in this classroom for a little bit or let's put you in this Uh, environment with the kids for a little bit we'll try that out see how you like it and then i'm okay to move you somewhere else so we can try that out i think finding people's strengths from the beginning or as quickly as you can in that process of onboarding is going to be vital so that you get a long-term children's ministry volunteer and someone who becomes super passionate about children's ministry when they're finding their strengths within the ministry
0: man i I love that, I have countless examples of of that happening, and I just, I'm reminded of a a girl that one time wanted to do the preteen class, I want to do preteens, they're they're close to being teenagers, that lasted one week, and she asked to transfer to the preschool class, and uh, so, that was pretty funny, that's another story for another time, we'll we'll give you details, uh, if you just, that's episode 50.
1: Yeah, and and following up with your and following up with your volunteers are important too. checking in on them having you know a one month a three month checkup on them on those new volunteers are important just continuing to have that open communication with them Um, last thing that i'll talk about on this um, i know we're throwing out a lot of information here but a shadowing process please don't ever just recruit somebody give them a lesson and throw them into into a classroom please don't ever do that there needs to be a training aspect to this. Even if it's, even if it's two Sundays or a couple of Sundays that they're coming in and it's a process of watch what I do, let them come in and not do anything except just watch the process of what you do or what your team does to set up and prepare for a day or a Sunday or a Wednesday. And then the next step is, then do what I do. So let's do this together. Help me prepare the free play setup game. Help me to prepare for the lesson. Help me to gather the props. Help me do these things. And then the third step in that shadowing process is now I'm going to watch you do it. So do it yourself and I'm going to step back and I'll be your assistant and I'll I'll help out when you need it. When you ask for it, I'll intervene when you need me to. But I want you to do it yourself now. And this just builds that confidence and security for that volunteer Um, knowing where all the supplies are at, knowing where if craft supplies are a thing or snack supplies are a thing, knowing where all that stuff is so that when they go to prepare, you've already walked them through that that process and just helping build their confidence as a new recruit, uh, being in children's ministry. Um, We kind of overlook it because, I mean, honestly, you and I have been in it for a very long time, and so we have very little anxiety when it comes to being in front of kids or working with kids. We can we can wink it sometimes and make it happen. We know where everything is in our kids facility. Um, And the person that's walking in that's never been up there before, they know where nothing's at. They know nothing uh, maybe about being able to keep the attention of a kid uh, or a group of five year olds for 10 minutes at a time. So we need to train them. We need to give them some pointers and help them through that process.
0: Yeah, I, I would just say we, we have some pretty amazing programs in place uh, at our church, both for Sunday morning, Wednesday night. I won't go into too many details. We have a teacher and training program that partners you know, teenagers or, or young teachers with some of our, yes. our most experienced. And, and you want to make sure we're setting them up for success. So I couldn't I mm-hmm. couldn't possibly second that more. Absolutely.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I love that you guys do that because uh, it's just setting up. It's that uh, leadership factory. Cause those teenagers they're not too far out of kids ministry they're wanting to get joined back in and you're setting them up with a mentor and cycling through that to where they're growing up in kids ministry and then now they're teaching and investing exactly. to other kids uh, other children as well so you guys do a great job there i would love to see that implemented in more churches um, so we've we've addressed a lot there um and i know we're running out of time here so let's kind of get to where the rubber meets the road on how we can how we can lead volunteers absolutely
0: absolutely justin so i was thinking earlier uh, what are some concrete things that we can do or we we should be doing when we're leading volunteers and first and foremost is communication Uh, in fact communication pretty much sums up how you're effective at doing anything in life I don't care if it's uh, every, raising yeah. children, having a marriage, s- serving uh, in the church, uh, texts, calls, face-to-face. Uh, I think you said earlier carrier pigeon when we were talking about this, uh, smoke signals, anything. I mean, whatever it takes. Whatever it you know, takes, know, I, have, I have communicate. A, right, I have a teacher on my on my team. We use Planning Center for all of our communications. So I send out the texts uh, every uh, Monday morning. I send out a text to my Wednesday night team with – Here's the lesson we're on and, and the curriculum and and here's the meeting time and, and I do the same thing on Fridays for our Sunday team, uh, but I have one teacher, one teacher and she's in her 80s, and uh, she doesn't have a smartphone, so I call her every time. She you know she only serves with one like once every six to eight weeks, but I call her because she still deserves to get that attention and t- she needs to know what's going on. Uh, how about building Relationships. That's where the rubber meets the road. If you're going to effectively lead volunteers, you have to be able to build relationships. You need to know them. Well, you have to know their names. <laughs> you need to know the things mm-hmm. yeah, that right. motivates them. Um, I'll tell you what. Thankfully, in in Ohio, donuts seem to be a primary source of motivation for people. So, you better believe, I won't mention the name of the donut shop, but we are single-handedly, I'm pretty sure, keeping a local business uh, going here at our church. So, donuts uh, motivate people, but build a relationship with them. And then, finally, my last bullet point that I have, Justin, is consistency. Consistency in how you act. Consistency in how you treat your volunteers, how you treat the children. They see who you are and how you are and if, if you want them to feel like they're part of a team and you want them to feel welcome you want them to keep volunteering they may want to minister to kids that, that could be a desire of their heart and they could feel a, a burden for that but if, if they don't like working with you or want to work with you they're intimidated by you you've, you've never gone uh, out of your way to build a relationship with them uh, there could come a time where on that scale in their mind they could go you know i just don't think i want to serve in children's ministry anymore not cuz i don't, i love the kids i just don't I like just who i'm serving don't with like you it's it's <laughs> justin justin is so hard to approach he's got he's got muscles he's good at darts and he's terrible at bowling i mean in <laughs> Oh wait, have I mentioned that I beat you at bowling? I can't remember if that was uh, Oh wait, John. I did mention that. We're didn't getting I?
1: distracted here. Stick stick to the notes.
0: Uh, well, that's my problem.
1: Now <laughs> I would I would agree with you wholeheartedly that I never want to feel I never want a volunteer to feel like I'm just using them to get something from them.
0: Right. That's good that, I like that.
1: That would be a terrible feeling that I'm just using them. So We want to make sure that we're showing up for them, showing uh, appreciation for them in different ways and different capacities. Um, If they call out sick and they say on Friday, hey, listen, uh, I am I'm feeling ill. It's getting bad. I'm about to go to urgent care. I don't think I'm going to be able to do Sunday. Don't reprimand them about or reprimand them about declining or not being able to be there on Sunday. But make a note in your phone to call them Monday or text them Monday how to see doing? how they're doing to make sure they're Absolutely. feeling better. Show up for them. Treat them and love them. Show appreciation. That goes so far when you just show up for people. Know, you know, uh, if they're high schoolers and they're playing sports or they're a part of extracurricular things, talk to them about that. Ask them what they're involved in, what they're interested in. If they're in college working a job, They're, you know, burning the candle at both ends trying to make things happen and volunteering, like show up for them and talk to them about how things are going, support and encourage them. They have young kids talking about those things like um, things are, you know, you have to show up for people. That's the that's the that's going to go the furthest way, more so than buying them a gift, more so than doing a big volunteer party every year. One time a year is not enough. It's got to be weekly. It's got to be monthly that we're connecting with them. So. I think those are all awesome ways, um, that you lead. I've seen you do that before and hear from your team. You lead your volunteers in those ways. So I appreciate it and admire you for that. And, uh, and I, I want to personally get better at meeting the needs of my volunteers as well. We can always improve in those ways. So I hope that helps any children's minister or pastor or director out there. Um, John, anything that we need to say to wrap up this episode?
0: i just want to say volunteers are so important you mentioned it earlier you know we, we, we can't one person can't run a children's ministry it's just not possible volunteers are important and and uh... i want you to know if you're listening to this and you are volunteering in any capacity in children's ministry even if it's not actively teaching lessons in front of the children but say you know you're you're volunteering to cut out the stuff for the crafts i i First of all, my fingers barely fit in the scissors. So I I appreciate you. More importantly, God appreciates you, and, and you are valuable. Thank you. Thank you for being a volunteer.
1: Awesome. Well, guys, we appreciate you listening to this episode. Thank you so much for the support that we had for Episode 1 and launching that. We greatly appreciate it. Continue to share... Um, this episode and other episodes, give us a five-star rating and a review there that helps this episode get out and more people to know about that. This is not just another children's ministry podcast.